Hey, I'm not going to lie. I looked over at Pastor Joel and said, you, you don't need me today. Just, just turn my man Derek loose and let him do his thing. That was awesome. So fun to be with you. And I love this church. And I love your pastor. And it's always a joy to be here. And uh, I forget about your energy and your passion. But I talk about it all year. And he knows this. as we've, we've even been on the road together a little bit this year. And I just tell people... Everywhere I go, you can't believe the energy in Pastor Joel's church. I don't mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. I mean, this guy, he's got more energy than six people put together. So I do bring you love and greetings from Amarillo, Texas, um, and the Trinity crew there, uh, my sweet family. And one day they're going to get on the road with me, and you'll get to meet my wife. I am married to one person. Uh, Everybody always says, when are we going to meet your wife? I have three kids that are busy. My wife is a therapist as well. So... Uh, my poor kids, right? What do your parents do? Well, my dad's a pastor and my mom's a therapist. <laughs> they really have no hope. So, so uh, hey, and so this is the first time I've ever preached this message. Um, so I'm giving you a little heads up. This is either a 30-minute message or this is a 90-minute message. And so, and so I'm telling you that because I am going to talk really fast. All right, but what I realize is uh, really fast for me is really slow for your pastors. So love is in the air. Love is in the air. We're continuing the series, Love is in the Air, and I've titled this message, Dreams Do Come True. So dreams do come true. That's enough to come to church at 9 a.m. in the morning, right, just to hear that. Dreams do come true. Um, to be an heir, and I love that I was working on this message at my office at home, and my, my fifth grader came in, and she said, Dad, you've misspelled the word heir. And I said, no, sweetie, that's actually the word heir. She goes, no, it's not, Daddy. I'm in fifth grade. And so, so to be an heir, to be an H-E-I-R, heir, literally, this is the definition straight out of the Webster's Dictionary, all right? It says, legally is a person, an heir, is a person legally entitled to an inheritance. That is who you are. You are a person legally entitled to an inheritance. In Romans 8, and I know, uh, I know you guys covered this, I think, last week. Uh, my man Sean Reed was here, and he's a tough act to follow. But it says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. So when you've given your heart to Jesus, you open up to him and you said yes to him, you became an heir with Jesus Christ. Another another, uh, place that says that we are joint heirs with Christ. Do you know what the difference between an heir and a joint heir? If there are multiple heirs in an estate, the heirs divide the estate equally amongst themselves. But to be a joint heir means that you get all of it. All of the inheritance is yours. You're a joint heir with Christ. That means that everything is yours. That's good news. So here's what I'm wanting us to see for the purpose of our little journey here today. So we're talking about dreams coming true. You are an, you are an heir with an inheritance. I want you to see that your inheritance is actually a promise from God to you. So if you're going to stand to inherit your parents' fortune, or whatever it is, they have promised that to you. For some of you, you're thinking, that's just a stack of bills. 
You are an heir entitled to an inheritance. Your inheritance is God's promise to you in your life. The promises of God over you are the dream that you should be wanting to live in your life. Okay? So when we talk about the dream, we're talking about what God has promised to you, what you stand to inherit in Him. God has a promise for your life. God has thoughts about you. God has a dream in His heart for you. That should make you excited. He cares about you. He's intimately acquainted with you, and He has passion for the promise that He has in store for you. He has passion for His dream over your life. The Bible says that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, that He will give us the desires of our hearts. When you say yes to Jesus, you died to your own desires and His desires take root in your heart. So the things that God, the dream that God has placed in your heart, in your, that you, even in your thoughts, they're not really your dreams. They are His dream for your life. He takes your wants out and puts His wants in. See, I have a dream life for myself. And my dream life that I have for myself is a private island in the South Pacific. We're not talking about those kinds of dreams, right? You know, the truth is, if I were living in the South Pacific on my private island, I would be living a miserable life. I wouldn't even be fulfilled in myself because that's just my desire for my life. When we align ourselves with Him, His dream becomes our dream and we get to live out the promises of God. That's the secret to fulfillment and contentment in life. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with exchanging your spouse for a new spouse. It has to do with leaning into the purposes and the plan of God for your life. And so I'm just here this morning to give you a little bit of encouragement. I just want to encourage the dreamers in the room, people who have who have some desires in their hearts, who are looking into the future saying there's something God's up to. I know that God is present in the right now, but I'm looking into the future and I'm getting excited about the dreams of God coming alive in my heart as I move into those things. It may be the dream that you have in your heart for a marriage. Maybe you're here today and you're single and you're thinking, I want to be married. That's a good dream, a good desire God has put in your heart. Some of you may be here, and it's the desire, a dream for a healthy, whole marriage. Some of you are here, and you're just, you're just believing God for teenagers. You have a dream in your heart, something that you're running into. And that's, I just want to encourage you a little bit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, there's a very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it out of the message, okay? It says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us by his spirit. He has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete what God has promised for you, God will fulfill in and through you. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Listen, friends, in Jesus, dreams do come true. That's just the truth. In Hebrews chapter 6, and this is, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture when God is, is, is making a covenant with Abraham. We're actually going to jump into that in Genesis here in a minute, but it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus, Abraham waiting, 
uh, patiently for it, obtained the promise for people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly the heir, to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Here's what this scripture is telling us. God made a promise. God has a promise for you. God has a dream in his heart for you, and he couldn't find a greater authority to enter into this relationship with than himself, so he swore by himself. God entered into a covenant with Abraham. God has promised things for you, and it's rooted. The promises or the dreams of God for your life are rooted in covenant with God. And we live in a contract-driven society, and so we're familiar with the concept of being in contract with one another, but God doesn't operate in the world or the realm of contracts. He is a covenantal God, and he operates in the realm of covenant. And so I want you just to see, just for a few seconds here, the difference between a contract and a covenant, because you've got to understand, God has a dream in his heart for you that's rooted in God's covenant. A contract is a non-binding agreement, easy in and easy out. This is what's wrong with America right now. Uh, this, is, this, is why, this is why marriage is so under attack and why, and why we see family units just scattering about. I actually know people that enter into marriage knowing it's not going to work out. Nah, it's all right. It'll be fun for a few years. I've heard that. So it'll be fun for a few years and sign a paper, get in. When I get tired of it, it costs me a little money, but I sign a couple of docs and I get out. Right? A contract is a non-binding agreement, easy in, easy out. A contract is done by, by mandate for the benefit of yourself. You know, if, you, if you're a banker in here, you make people sign a contract when you loan them money. It's so that you can come get what is yours if they refuse to pay you, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing it to protect yourself. Yeah. A contract places importance on one's rights above their responsibilities, not on serving and submitting to one another. But here's a covenant. This is what a covenant is. A covenant is a binding agreement. Everything in, no outs. Come on, that's good. Think about what God did for us. He sent Jesus. He gave his only begotten son. That's all in. That is all in. A, a covenant is done by choice for the benefit of another. God didn't have to send Jesus. God didn't have to come close the gap. God didn't have to restore what was lost in the garden. We could still be slaughtering animals every year to atone for our sins. Yeah. He, he sent his son for our benefit. That's right. A covenant is based on an unconditional love and a willingness to sacrifice for the other. It's not based on emotions or rights, but on a choice to love, serve, and trust the other. God is the God of covenants, and he has promises in his heart for you. The dream of God for you, that, that becomes the dream in our heart for our own journeys. Dreams do come true. I want to give you three keys to seeing how dreams come true in your life. Whatever the dream that you're holding on to, whatever the, whatever the, the desire that God has placed within you, 
Grab a hold of these three very simple keys and put them to work in your life. Key number one, we have to realize that God is the initiator of the dream. Remember, when we said yes to Jesus, we died to our life and we embrace his life. Right? My dream was a private island in the South Pacific. God had better plans for my life. There, there was more for me to do than sit on an island and waste away. Maybe one day. In, in seven-day increments. We have to realize that God is the initiator of the dream. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, check this out. God shows up to Abraham, and the Lord said to Abram, and I'm, he's going to change his name, go from your country and your kindred to your father's house, to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in all the families of the earth shall you be blessed. So Abram is hanging out in Genesis chapter 12. God shows up and wrecks his world. Right? Abraham didn't do anything to deserve the promise, to deserve the dream. Abraham was minding his own business. He didn't come from royalty. There was nothing great about his family line. He was a very normal man living a very normal life. And God shows up in the midst of this normalcy. And God says, I have a dream for your life. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It is a gift. It's the gift of God, a reward, a benefit, a blessing over your life. And he, and he says, Abram, I've got some good news for you today. And suddenly, very, to the very top of Abraham's wish list came, I want to live this dream God has for my life. Man, Jesus came so that you could have eternal security. Right? That is the promise of the Father for us. But he didn't just come so you could have eternal security. God sent His only Son so that we can live the abundant, overflowing, more than enough life. He has, he has a, we have eternal security, yes, but there's blessing and benefit in the right here and right now. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You simply get to walk in it because you are an heir with Christ. Right? This is the dream, and it's going to come true in you. It's a covenant, not a contract. Covenant, not a contract. Not based on our performance, but based on God's goodness in our lives. Yeah, come on, that's good. The second key is this. Obedience is the path to dreams coming true. That's it, that's right. Obedience is the path to dreams coming true. Look, there's no rocket science to this. And again, it's not, it's not a big bucket of money. It's not a new car. It's not a new house. It's not another degree. It's not a new spouse. You know, out with the old, in with the new. It's not a spouse in general. Obedience is the path to dreams coming true. You know, it's easy to look at the backside of somebody's life and go, yeah, but, you know, and we look at people's story as, as it's finished and go, yeah, but he, you know, he was going to be a success or she was going to be a success, and so their road was easy. I love ESPN's 30 for 30. Yeah. Amen. You know, they, they take you on these, yeah, I, mean, I got an amen, praise. Uh, they take you on these journeys through these athletes' lives. And it's easy to take a snapshot of the finished product, but you don't, you know, it, it's amazing to go back and watch where they began and the journey and all of the hours and all of the sweat and all of the work and all of the sacrifice that went into becoming the greatness that they were. I love to watch these 30 for 30. I mean, like quarterbacks that everybody in the league passes on and suddenly he wins six Super Bowls and everybody's trying to figure out what the secret sauce is. I'm a Tom Brady fan. That was a shout-out for you, Pastor. 
In Genesis 12, verse 4, so Abram, God shows up to Abraham and wrecks him in Genesis 12, 1. And then in verse 4, check this out. He says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Here's a guy just doing life. And out of nowhere, God shows up and wrecks his otherwise really good life. And Abram left the place where he had been in pursuit of the unknown. Obedience is the path to the dream. We have to be able to recall past places in our lives. In fact, every one of you in this room, you've had a dream in your heart that has come true. It happened historically. It's a part of your past. You need to be able to recall that, and you need to be able to remember what God has done in your life. Look over your shoulder and remember, dreams do come true, but in all of those scenarios in your life, in every place where you had a dream in your heart that, that, that bloomed and now has sprouted and is producing fruit, you're living in the dream, there was something required from you in order to step into that dream. Dreams don't just magically happen, friends. They take some, take some work on our part, some effort. We were at Sam's the other day. You guys have Sam's out here, these big box places. Amazing place to get free lunch on Saturday. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so we're in Sam's, and the guy comes on the announcer and says, come to aisle whatever, six or whatever, and get your free steak knives. And my wife says, let's go get our free steak knives. I said, sweetie, nothing is free. She goes, no, he said it's free. And I said, no, it, nothing's free. This America, nobody's giving you steak knives. You're going to have to sign up for, you know, whatever, $10 or sign up for get emails or sign up or whatever you're going to have to. There's going to be some action taken on your part in order to get the free steak knives, right? Here, here's my point. Man, God has a dream in his heart. And it can, be, it can be very real in his heart. And he, he, he's going to do his part to fulfill that dream. But if you just leave it sitting out there and don't do anything with it, I had a dream in my heart to be married. I wanted a spouse. And I, 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 I wrote down some desires that I had for a spouse, not even just for a spouse look or any of that stuff. It was more about, God, this is what I believe the home that, that you want me to build is going to look like and feel like. It was a dream that I believe God had placed in my heart, and I began to, began to pray into those things and began to move into those things. You know, I had to steward my singleness. So I wanted to, I wanted to have a certain kind of marriage, but as a single man, I had to steward that well. What, what was I going to spend my time doing? How was I going to invest my my thoughts as I prepared to move into marriage. And when, and when I did meet a, a, a girl, how was I going to handle that relationship? It lasted six weeks. We dated six weeks. That's how I handled it. And we got married, and here we are 17 years later. And in my, I'm living my dream marriage not because it's anything great with me. I'm simply obeying the next thing God is asking me to do. And it takes work, and it takes energy, and it takes effort, and it takes sacrifice. Abram was 75 years old. He was living a successful life. Go back and read the story. When he left the place of familiarity, he had grown up in that environment. It had been his home for a really, really long time. And when he left that place, he had people that went with him, and he had cattle. He was a very successful man. And God said, hey, 
I've got something else for you. And Abram made the decision to leave that place and chase uh, the Lord into the unknown. Listen, God has a dream in his heart for you. Obedience is the path to walking in that dream. If Abram had just stayed still, eh, eh, a lot of sacrifice. Eh, I think I'm comfortable here. I pass. We wouldn't be talking about Abraham today. I'll pass. I'm comfortable. You know, I really like my, I, I like Amarillo. I like living there. My old truck, you know, I turn it on, and uh, she knows how to get to work, and she knows how to get home. I just, I just sit in her, you know? I like it. It's comfortable. People are like that. We get, we, we're rhythmic like that. I think about Abram, who was 75 years old. You want me to go where? Oh, you don't know where. But he obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the Lord and set out into the new. The third key, and I'm finished. We have to relax and embrace God's timeline. You, you know, God, is, God has never been late. But he has missed all kinds of opportunities to be early. And that can be hard for us. So in Genesis 12, Abram's 75, and God says, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. You're going to live a really good life once you get to the place where I'm taking you to. But in Genesis chapter 15, Abram was frustrated. He'd gotten frustrated because God wasn't moving on his timeline. At this point, he's about 85 years old, and he has a conversation with God like, Hey, you know, we had this deal. You were going to bless me and multiply me. And I kind of had this idea of how all that was going to work out. I obeyed you and did some really, really hard things. But what's the deal? Because I don't have an heir. This is never, this, this, this can't happen. This won't happen. The dream is going to die and you're a liar. And, and God says, hey, hey, it's okay, buddy. And he reaffirms, not the contract that they entered into, but he reaffirms the covenant that he made with Abram. He's 75 years old. And then in Genesis chapter 6, he's 85 at that point. In Genesis chapter 16, Abram did what so many of us have done. We decided to take the dream in our own hands. Enough waiting on you, God. I'm, I'm tired of waiting on a spouse. I'm tired of waiting on a promotion. I'm tired of waiting on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things my way right, right here, right now. And, and Abraham made a, oops, right? And, and so he... Ishmael came about in Genesis chapter 16. He was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And then in Genesis chapter 17, think about just how good our God is. Right? So obedience is the path. But perfection is not required. God's mercies are new every morning. You may be here today and you may feel like, man, I overstepped. I got out of bounds. Relax. God's got you. He's got it. The dream hadn't gone away. He hadn't changed his mind. And he hadn't forgot what he has promised for you. Settle into the new rhythm with God and let him move you. In Genesis chapter 17, uh, God shows up and says, Hey, you, fun? you having fun? Yeah, it's been, been good doing this on your own. That's going to bite you in the tail later in life. But it's been, you, you had fun, right? And, and he comes back. Abraham is 99 years old and God comes to remind him and reaffirm. Listen, you're going to have a son. It's going to come through your wife. You're going to be okay. He's 99 years old. God is just moving him along according to his way and according to his timeline. 
Okay, and then in Genesis chapter 21. So the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah born him, Isaac. Dreams do come true. All of God's promises are yes and amen in your life. I don't know what promise you're holding on to. I don't know what dream you're believing God for, but you are an heir and you have legal right to step into that promise, legal right to step into that dream. Abraham was 75 years old when God made this promise to him. He was 100 years old when the dream was realized and the dream was fulfilled. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't faint. Don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on the vision that God's placed in your heart. He didn't sign a contract with you. He broke a covenant with you. You are in covenant with God. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep moving into all that God wants to do in your life. Keep believing that there's breakthrough coming in front of you. I, want to, I just want to pray for you here in a minute. And I want to remind you that you have an inheritance. You have a promise from God. A dream that is in your heart that if you'll let it, it'll mature in your heart. And dreams do come true. But in order for there to be an inheritance, we are joint heirs with Christ. But in order to get the inheritance, somebody has to die. Somebody has to die. And Jesus, in our story, is that somebody. He came and he perfected this life. And he died so that you could live your dream life. And if we settle for anything less than the dream life that God has for us, we're cheapening the sacrifice of our Savior. This is the ultimate act of love. Love is in the air. Jesus sacrificed. It's the ultimate portrayal, uh, uh, demonstration of love poured out for each one of us. I want you to just bow your heads right where you are. All across the room. I'm going to pray for you for two things. One, I'm going to pray for those dreamers who are here and you're feeling discouraged about the dream. You're feeling like Abraham. Man, I'm just ready to take control of this in my own strength. I'm going to pray for you. But before I do that, it would be so wrong to move past this moment. Maybe you're here today. And I'm talking about Jesus coming to sacrifice. Jesus coming to give his life so that you can live the dream. And you may, you may be here today and you may think, you know, I don't know that Jesus and I are on the same page. I don't know that my heart is in the right place. Maybe you're unsure, uncertain of your relationship with him. You don't have to walk out of here unsure, uncertain. There is no dream life outside of right relationship with Jesus. So I want to give you an opportunity. Don't be looking around. Just to give you an opportunity to make a, a relationship with Jesus real in your life. The Bible says in Romans that if we believe that he came, Jesus came, and he perfected this, I'm going to expound, he perfected this life. Jesus came, lived a sinless life for 33 years, and then he died. 
and he went in the ground. And he went in the ground to close the gap. The gap emerged in the garden when we sinned. And Jesus went in the ground to close the gap, to restore what was lost in the garden. And then he rose again. He came up out of the ground. He is fully alive. He is fully well today. He's seated in heaven. If you believe that in your heart, and if you confess Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. It's just that easy. So, so just with heads down, nobody looking around, just if that's you and you need to make right with Jesus, just say, Jesus, I believe. It's a simple prayer. Jesus, I believe. I believe that you came. I believe that you died. And I believe that you live. And you did that for me. So this morning I confess you as the Lord of my life. I confess you as my Savior. This morning I put you in the center of my heart, in the driver's seat of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray that little prayer. Here in a minute we're going to give you an opportunity to come and receive prayer from a member of our prayer team. And if that's you today and you're praying that little prayer, I want you to go to somebody and just say, today I made Jesus the Lord of my life. It's really not anything to be ashamed of. It's something to be celebrated. The Bible says that heaven throws a party every time somebody comes home. So there's a party in heaven happening right now. It's good. God's all about it. If you're here today and you say, man, I have some dreams in my heart that I've just gotten discouraged about. I just want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you to be real bold. Would you just put your hand up if that's you? Say, there's some dreams in my heart. I feel discouraged. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're the giver of good gifts. Oh, Lord, you are the ultimate dreamer, the ultimate creative. God, I thank you for every plan that you have for every hand raised and every heart in this room. God, I, I thank you for all of the dreams of God. God, I thank you that all of your plans are yes and amen. And this morning, God, we, we break off discouragement. God, this morning, I thank you that your mercies are new. God, I pray against any condemnation. Anyone with their hand raised that may feel like I've messed it up, I've blown it. That, no, in Jesus' name. God, thank you that you're good, that you're gracious, that you're loving, and that you're kind. Thank you for dreams coming true in these hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you stand to your feet with me?